This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Wednesday afternoon. Welcome in Grant and Danny, January 18th, 2023. Happy to have you with us today. Thanks much for making the show part of your afternoon. Means a lot. Danny, how you doing? I'm a little thrown off today, my friend. I forgot my normal water bottle. Mm. And, you know, when that happens, like, am I even going to be able to drink water today? Like, how do I do it? What do I do? I, it's, I'm going to persevere and do the show, but just know that my heart and my head are elsewhere. Like, how can I forget my water bottle? I drink so much water all the time. I'm drinking the water. I got no water bottle. Washington Auto Show tickets. We've got them for you today. We're giving them away at four o'clock ahead of the Beltway Blitz. And at 5 o'clock as well. By the way, during our 4 o'clock Beltway Blitz, Nick Dowd of the Washington Capitals will join us. We'll get an update from him on how he's feeling. He's dealing with an injury. I don't expect him to be heading out west with the team when they take off for their first of three road games. Six-day trip starting in Arizona in what is basically like a high school building. Have you seen what where the, the Coyotes are playing this year? I haven't watched many Coyotes games, <laughs> but I've heard tell that this is like a municipal gymnasium where they also have hockey. The St. James has a better hockey facility. And that's not to run down the St. James' hockey facility because it's actually pretty cool. It's pretty legit. But they've got like sheets of ice that look like NHL level, and they've got actual bleachers. And where the Coyotes are playing based on this weird deal with their stadium and the fact that everything has gone bad business-wise for them here over the last couple of years, it would seem. The broadcasters are sitting like 10 rows off the ice, right above the glass, basically, calling games next to fans as if they're like at players a, can hear the calls. It, it's so weird, man. It's like a local high school environment. And then they've got little folding chairs that they set up in the locker room for players with like makeshift stalls. NHL. It, it's just crazy. Yeah, this is the this is the highest league in the world. It reminds me of, I'm watching the uh, the basketball season of Last Chance U that uh, came out a little while ago. I finished it. And it's, A, it's so excellent. But B, that's what the junior college guys in, in Los Angeles are dealing with. You know, like, those guys deserve better facilities. I need I need the NHL to have slightly better digs than those guys. Stefan. Yeah. Just get on board, please. Come on, guys. Help us out a little bit. But yeah, that road trip begins and hopefully for the Caps, quickly gets out of... Phoenix and, and goes on to some better environments. Uh, but we will talk with Nick Dowd on the Beltway Blitz coming up at 4 o'clock, and that's your first of a couple chances to win tickets to the auto show. Wanted to start with you by taking our first dive into this weekend's NFL action. The division round of the playoffs, and then there were eight. There are four games, a doubleheader on Saturday, 
and two on Sunday. Starting off with the Jags playing at the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. They've renamed it Geha Field or something nonsensical. I don't know anything about, so I'm not going to be doing whatever that is. So I'll just refer to it as Arrowhead Stadium, and you can all acknowledge that that's what it's been called for a long time. Jags Chiefs, four versus a one. Jacksonville down 27 nothing came back to win in advance over the L.A. Chargers. They've played two straight tight games in yeah. the playoffs here, so to speak. Week 18 for them was a division-winning, division-clinching game where they trailed in the fourth quarter and had to come back and win with a defensive touchdown. Then the dramatics of this past weekend where they overcame nearly a 30-point deficit, third-largest comeback win in playoff history. And the prize is you get to go to Kansas City and play the one seed, the Chiefs, who are rested and waiting for you. They were four, they were three and seven in the middle of November. Don't look now, they're playing pretty good football. They're doing this kind of, you know, walk the tightrope and survive. They beat the Ravens by a point. You go back to uh, late November, Thanksgiving time. They got boat raced by Detroit. But other than that, they've played these tight competitive football games, you know, playoff style things. And they, they they don't go about it in a reasonable way or like a normal conventional way where you just go back and forth and then it comes down to the end. They've dug themselves some real holes and have found a way to come back uh, in these games. So I think they're, you know, maybe a bullet or two short of being able to really compete with, with Kansas City, but count them out at your own peril, man. I, I think that's what they're here to do is to be a, a burr in your side and make games close. Eight straight wins for Jacksonville coming into this game. Their last loss came against the Kansas City Chiefs in a 27-17 game back on November 13th. Jacksonville as you said, fell to 3-7 and seven at that time. In that game, Trevor Lawrence didn't throw a pick. He was good. Travis Etienne had not yet become what he is now, which is the featured element of their offense and the focal point of what they do. But Christian Kirk had a massive game, went for over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. The problem that day for Jacksonville, and I do believe this will be the problem again this weekend, Patrick Mahomes just carved them up. Carved them. If you don't get pressure, and that's the other Josh Allen's job, among other defensive linemen in Jacksonville. But Mahomes, with time, is just going to destroy you. And that day, he threw for 330 yards and four touchdowns. If you look at the receiving numbers, Travis Kelsey, Valdez Scantling, even Kadarius Toney and Jarek McKinnon and Juju Smith-Schuster all made big plays. They spread the ball around. I just don't know if this Jacksonville defense can make enough stops. That's my concern. I know they can score with Kansas City. I think with Doug Peterson at the controls and Trevor Lawrence playing the way he is, I know he threw four picks early this past week, but he has pretty much, since the midway point of the season, been one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Eight-and-a-half-point dogs on the road, I think they are frisky. That plus eight-and-a-half looks juicy to me, I'll be honest. Yeah, especially because Kansas City sometimes is inconsistent with putting teams away, right? I mean, how many times have you seen them be up? 15, you know, two touchdowns, 17 nothing, something like that. Next thing you know, they take the foot off the gas and the other team is back in it. They got to eke one out, right? You've seen that with them before. They're so talented and so good. Sometimes they're like Mikey and Swingers. Like, how do I kill the bunny? How do I kill the bunny? But yeah, I, I, they're better than the Jacksonville. They're a better version of Jacksonville with Pat Mahomes. To me, the difference in, in that first game was the 40 rushing yards that Mahomes had. I know you're like, what are you talking about, 40 rushing yards? Those should be negative plays. Those should be sacks. Those should be passes batted down. They should be throwaways. Instead, they turned into a couple first downs. Instead, they turned into positive plays for Kansas City. You get them to the ground, it's a different ballgame, which is hard to do. Jags in this game as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. 
Total 52 and a half set to hit the road for a matchup against a division winner out of the AFC West. They're 1-0 in the playoffs against teams from that division, but now they get the biggest bully on the block in Kansas City. Uh, the nightcap. So that game is going to be played at 4.30 on Saturday. 8.15 East time, local time kick for the Giants and the Eagles. This is game number three this year for these two teams out of the NFC East. Philadelphia in week 18 got a little scare from the Giants. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much confidence they'll derive from that matchup. You know, at the time, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, but the Eagles were trying. They needed to win. They cared about winning to be the one seed. The Giants, by the way, sat a bunch of their starters in that game and still only lost 22-16. to It was 16-0 at halftime, and then I think the Eagles did, yeah. knowing they were going to win, take their foot off the gas pedal, so the score was a little misleading. But New York did score 16 in the second half and outscored them by 10 to make it a game. This was with Davis Webb at quarterback and some guy named Gary Brightwell leading them in rushing. Yeah, Gary Brightwell. Lawrence Cager led them in receiving. I mean, it was a really preseason-esque performance for the Giants. But I wonder if the fact that they only lost six will be used by Brian Dable to say, hey, we can compete with this team. And then you got the storyline of how great Daniel Jones was, how much they shredded the Minnesota Vikings. There's no way their offense has felt better about itself at any point this year than it does coming off of what they just did in Minneapolis. I think that's very well put. I mean, this is a group that even even in some of these losses that they had over the course of the year, especially in that middle part of the season where I think I think they lost five out of six and then there was a tie in there against Washington or whatever when they weren't playing well, they were in these games. I think Dable's got a, a pretty clear message. If we do our thing... The other team starts to get a little tighter, a little tighter, a little tighter. We're comfortable in a one-score game. We're comfortable in a let's keep this game tight type scenario. A team that, you know, like Philadelphia, that whenever they were trying throughout most of the season was winning by double digits and blasting teams and, you know, knocking guys all over the place. For the Giants, they know who they are. They know exactly what they're all about. They're going to turn this game into a bit of a rock fight. They'll let Daniel Jones run a little bit, keep the defense off balance. They're not fun to play against, these, these Giants. And if I'm Philadelphia... I'm confident enough because my team is really good, but probably if I'm one of the coaches, I'm sitting there going, "This Giants team is going to give us hell. They're going to be they're not going to be fun for us to to get through." I think we're better than they are, but that may not matter. Well, there's always that rust versus rest debate mm-hmm. to, to get into with the team coming off the bye, and now there's only one team in each conference who gets to sit around for a week. But you haven't played in a couple of weeks when the ball's put in the air if you're the Eagles. And they just didn't finish the season well, to your point. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Jalen Hurts, who was the MVP for that team this year, was not on the field. No question. Gardner Minshew put up some really good numbers in a close loss to the Dallas Cowboys. It just wasn't the same. So they lost to Dallas. They lost to New Orleans, which was a bad loss in the penultimate week of the season before that win against the Giants that I referenced. And Hurts in that game did play, but it was a first half, basically, where... Philadelphia carried. He was the only quarterback that played. He threw for 229 in a pick. Wasn't pretty, but I think it was invaluable to get him back on the field, get him back into the flow of things. But the Eagles, unlike the Giants, and, and this is the only drawback maybe to the bye, you don't think New York's better off for having played and won last week yeah. on the road than the Eagles were for just having sat around? Well, think yeah. about it with baseball wild card, right? It's, if you can get through that terrifying, horrible, one-and-done experience – You've got all the momentum in the world. Yeah, you just feel like you're the team that the things are going to fall in place for. Uh-huh. I do think this will be a good game. It's a seven and a half point spread. Totals forty eight and a half. Lincoln Financial Field Saturday night eight fifteen East time. 
Then you get to Sunday's matchup. So we got a double dip on Sunday. This is your 3 o'clock and 6.30 windows DC time. First of the two games is your game of the weekend, probably. The Bengals and the Bills. This is the game that everyone was giddy about, yep. remember, that was being played on Monday Night Football late in the year, just a couple weeks left in the season, was largely going to help determine the number one seed. And then, tragically, DeMar Hamlin fell to the ground. The game gets halted, and a few minutes in, the game is over, and frankly, no one really cared if they were going to play again or not. Well, we finally get the Bengals and the Bills in Buffalo. Bills coming off of surviving the Miami Dolphins. Yep. Was not pretty. If they play the way they played against Miami, they will lose. Bengals coming off of surviving the Baltimore Ravens was not pretty. If they play the way they played against Baltimore, they will lose. So one of these two teams has to get right here. Bengals are getting five points, which feels like a lot to me. Me too. There's something that I'm missing about that, right? Where I And again, I know I do this. I'm very aware of it. I overrate the sample that I just saw. Like, I can't escape that, well, Josh Allen turned it over a couple times. And their offense sputtered after getting off to that rip-roaring start. And their defense couldn't really stop Miami. Cincinnati's better at all the things right now than Miami is, especially, you know, without Tua. You've got Joe Burrow back there. You've got three excellent receivers. You've got very capable Joe Mixon. You've got, you know, a, a defense that you could see uh, can impact things and, and turn people over in their own right. But you could I- say the same thing the other way where you could say, The Bengals got outplayed by the Ravens, and the Bills are a lot better than Baltimore. Totally. To me, though, the Ravens right now, the Ravens' defense is better than Buffalo's defense at the moment, right? So, And and Cincinnati barely survived that. They might be going, yeah, bring it on. Bring on uh, this this Bills' defense. We'll be able to go up and down the field and score with them if they want to turn into a shootout. And I think our defense, if I'm Cincinnati, can make a play or two, whereas I don't think the Dolphins' defense could. So now... I'm kind of going, what am I missing about that spread? I felt like it would have been much closer than that, but the the, uh, the smart gentlemen and ladies that do this for a living seem to think Buffalo is going to be good for a touchdown win here. Well, here's why I think the line is what it is. In their win over the Ravens, Cincinnati lost starting left tackle Jonah Williams and starting right guard Alex Kappa to injuries. According to the reports so far, it looks like there's no way Williams plays, and it's also possible that your guard doesn't play either. Yeah. If you go into a game down two offensive linemen as a team that already has issues protecting the quarterback from time to time, as much as they've improved, I think against the Bills front, which has not been able to get to the quarterback nearly as much without Von Miller, I think the expectation is that that's going to derail their offense. Again, you're talking about a left tackle and an interior lineman. The Bills, remember, at about the two-third point of the season, were one of the top defenses in the league. They finished just outside of the top 10 in DVOA defensively this year, in efficiency this year. But it hasn't been the same since the Von Miller injury. So I wonder if that offensive line was intact by Cincy, what the line would be. My guess is at worst it'd be three points. It'd probably be two, two and a half. I'll bet you two linemen being out shifted the line a good I bet bit. you did. I think you're right about that. Yeah, it tur- that's that's Cincinnati's Achilles heel, right? It's protecting Joe Burrow. It was before those injuries, and now you're talking about you know a pass rush that might get right. Remember, he got sacked nine times in a game in the playoffs and they won. last year. And somehow they won the game. But yeah, it's they spent a lot of time, money, energy, assets, effort on fixing that line, and it has worked. About a month ago, I think we were talking on the show about what a renaissance it had been up front protecting Burrow, but you start losing bodies and it can get back to where it was real quick. Final game of the weekend. This is going to be worth the wait, I think. Cowboys, 49ers. I saw this as the ninth time these two teams will play 
in the postseason. Feels like they did it every year for a while. You go back to the 80s and 90s when yeah. it was the Niners and the Cowboys and, and the Redskins as the powers in the conference, so to speak. I mean, they used to, to your point, they, they, it just seemed like every week you woke up, they were playing in the playoffs. Uh, Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point dogs after Dak Prescott threw four, eight, four touchdown masterpiece against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Best game of his career as far as I'm concerned. Their O-line was splendid. Their defense was dominant. Cowboys peaked. Question is, can they play at that level again? And for the 49ers, I said after their game this past weekend against Seattle, I don't know how anyone beats this team. Now, I guess they could come back to the pack. They could turn the ball over. Brock Purdy, who didn't force anything, didn't make bad decisions in round one, could regress and could throw a couple balls up for grabs if game script doesn't dictate that they're in the lead and able to hand the ball off. And if you force them down 10 or something to throw the ball, maybe you expose him a little bit as a kid QB. But San Francisco looks to me like if everyone plays their best, the 49ers won't be beaten. Mm. Dallas's challenge is to, to make them uncomfortable. Yeah, to disrupt them a little bit. It, to me, it comes down to Dallas's defense. If that group can be that disruptive, pass-rushing juggernaut that we saw a, a, a couple different times this year, not the group that gave up 40 to Jacksonville or whatever the hell, you know, not the group that, that couldn't stop anybody, but if they're that good Dan Quinn group, the Dan Quinn should be a head coach type defense, I think you might see them get competitive here. You force a turnover to, as you said, make San Francisco one-dimensional. I'd be fascinated to see how that looks. Got a sneaky, weird take for you. So they are sticking with Brett Maher, their kicker, who missed uh-huh. four extra points against the Bucks on Monday night. If I'm Mike McCarthy, I am kicking a field goal early in that game. And the reason I say that, like I get a fourth down where I might normally go for it, I need to make sure, A, that he can hit a field goal. Interesting. Like, I don't want his first kick, other than an extra point, to be in a big spot at the end of the game. I need to see it. So if he pushes it. If then you need to know if you, if you can park him. Yeah. Know. If he's yipping it up, I need to know it. So if I'm McCarthy, I am hoping for a field goal in the first half of that game. That's not a, that's not a terrible take. In fact, like fourth now, and one from the 15 or some situation where I would almost always go for it. I am kicking You might a just field kick goal. it and take the points I need to or the see, idea of them. I, I just need information. I need to make sure that guy is in the right headspace. Interesting. Because it's one of those things where do you pretend that it didn't happen? You just go, nope, we believe in the guy and just play it normally? Or do you do you, do you like have, I don't know, a bit of human nature and be like, listen, we need to know in the fourth quarter if this guy simply can't do it, and we'll just go for every, every fourth down. Well, so far they're pretending like it didn't happen. Yeah. They, they said they're rolling with him and they're confident. I mean, it's not like he's a bad kicker. He's been he's really good for a long time. He just had the worst game any kicker has had kicking extra points in history this past weekend. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. Let's do this. So we just went through all four of the games in the divisional round. We're going to rank them one through four. We'll see what we agree on, disagree on in terms of which games will be better, more entertaining to watch. But we want your favorite and your least favorite matchup. Your prediction on which game ends up being the best and the worst as a viewer this weekend. And we'll hit those phone lines next. Your calls at 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 800-636-1067. Grant and Danny talking playoff football on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Last weekend in the NFL playoffs was really, really fun. And it ended up being, I would say, that most of the games were tighter than anticipated. This is the weekend, though. This is the one with the Elite Eight, with four games. You've whittled through, oftentimes, some of the teams that don't belong. And the teams that are left are going to all have a shot to make runs here. As we welcome you back on Grant and Danny on the fans. So we're going to rank these four games this weekend Top to bottom on G&D. We have opened up the phones for you guys at 800-636-1067. We want the game that you're most excited about. And if you have one that you think is going to be a dud, we'll take that prediction as well. Paul's in D.C. on the fan. What's up, Paul? What's up? Whenever you're looking at playoff games, you don't look at the records. You look at the rivalry. And Philly and the Giants, that's going to be a hell of a game. And then when you look at San Fran and Dallas, Whatever you know it or not, like you said before, that's a rivalry too. You can almost see the buildup in the preview with them throwing Joe Montana throwing the cat. You can see Jimmy Johnson guaranteeing that they're going to win in Candlestick Park, and they did. And so, you know, you're just going to see those reviews and those, you know, old footage of those guys playing in, you know, in the past games. And so the dub for the weekend is probably going to be Kansas City and Jacksonville. But Cincinnati and Buffalo are going to look pretty good. But if I had to rank them, I'm going Philly Giants one because they just flat out don't like each other. I'm going San Fran Dallas two. I'm going Bills Bengals three, and then I'm going Jacksonville and Kansas City four. Appreciate you. Thanks, yeah, dude. I think a lot of people might have the game you've got fourth in that spot because there's not really ties between those two organizations other than the the Doug Peterson factor. I mean, that's the best storyline, right? Is that Peterson was an offensive assistant and coordinator under Andy Reid, and now he's trying to knock him off to get through the AFC playoffs. The the Giants-Eagles, I do think, has a chance to be a great game. 
And my logic on that is Daniel Jones is playing really good football. Jones this past week against Minnesota. And the, the problem I have, Danny, is I don't really know how much credit to give Jones versus I don't either. how much blame to give a Vikings defense that couldn't get stops or get off the field all year long. Daniel Jones played a game that is Jalen Hurts at his best, frankly. He threw for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns while being ultra-efficient, completing about 70% of his passes, about nine yards per attempt, and he ran for 80 yards. And it was actually more than that. They took away for him kneeling down at the end of the game three times. But Jalen Hurts, at the peak of his powers, as an MVP of the league at one point in time this season, was having games like that every now and then. But if Daniel Jones, I don't think he can replicate that against the Eagles defense that until the last week of the season was number one in the NFL in yards per play and number one against the pass. But if he can play the way he has, he's turned the ball over. He has one pick since week 11. You realize that? That's ridiculous. One interception since week 11. He's only got two games where he's been picked off since week three. I'm going to say that again. Since the third week of the season, Daniel Jones has only been intercepted in two games. For the Giants, if he protects the football, runs around and makes plays, does some of the things that he's been able to do, that game will be decided in the final three minutes. The key phrase there to me is run around. The Eagles had 70 sacks this year. That's the most absurd total. We should be talking every day about how how many sacks their defense had. Normally, your league leaders are going to be in the low 50s. The Chiefs had 55 because teams are always behind and throwing against them. And they have some good pass rushers, too. Dallas, 54. Patriots, 54. They were 15 sacks better than the number 2 place team. That would be the equivalent of somebody throwing for 50 touchdowns and the next closest guy being like 30 or 31. That's absurd as a team record. You could prevent those things if you turn, again, we talked about this in the first segment with Pat Mahomes a little bit, but if Daniel Jones turns what would be negative plays into either net neutral plays or positive ones for for the Giants by running, I don't you know. Listen, he, he's going to throw it up Hodgins and Slayton and check it down to Barkley and all that kind of crap. That's eh, not really where their bread's going to be buttered. If he's able to escape and keep the chains moving a couple times, or maybe a design run here or there to keep Philly honest, that's the most amazing stat of the season as far as I'm concerned. That Philadelphia had 70 sacks, one of the all time totals. You prevent that from happening, the Giants can keep this thing close. Let's go to Nate in Vienna on Grant and Danny. Hey, Nate, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good body. Doing awesome, man. I uh, just want to let you guys know, first-time caller, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Just moved up in the area. Been listening to the show. I uh, just want to give you guys a shout-out. Jim Zorn says welcome. As a first-time caller, we appreciate you. That's right. Uh, I'm most looking forward to, without it being home cooking, the Bengals Me too. and Bills game. I think that probably the most evenly matched teams that are going to be playing each other in this divisional round. And also with everything that happened the last time they played, uh, you know, obviously the game being stopped early and everything, there's kind of a lot riding behind this one. I like the idea of the Giants and uh, Philadelphia, but I think the biggest difference going to be is Philadelphia's pass rush. Going to possibly be able to get the Danny Dimes a little bit too much. And then I'm least looking forward to the Chiefs and the Jaguars. I think the Chiefs are just going to be too much for them to handle. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, let's run through our rankings then. Mm-hmm. If people are giving us theirs, and 
Again, if you want to hop in on the phones, 800-636-1067. We're looking for your favorite, your least favorite game of the four this weekend. Number one game for me, and it sounds like for you, is Bengals-Bills. Me too. This is about quarterback play. I've said this a couple times this year, starting in about week six or seven. I have now moved ahead, Burrow past Allen on my QB rankings in terms of my pantheon in the league right now. Like, who do you want for the next 10 years, that conversation? Mahomes is still one for me, and I've got Burrow two over Josh Allen three, and then there's a conversation and the door's kind of open to everybody else after that. I think Burrow has just been so accurate and so dynamite and is in such control of that offense and does not have some of the same turnover problems that Allen has. This is not to say that Josh Allen, the winter soldier, as they call him, is is not a baller. He's a star, okay? The dude is everything that you dream about and want at the quarterback position. But he's he's thrown five picks in their last three games. Yeah. He has two interceptions in six games this year. Two-plus interceptions in six different games. He will turn the ball over occasionally by extending plays or diving. He takes big shots. He fumbles from time to time as well. It's just a part of his game, I believe. Now, it comes with 40 touchdowns throwing and you know, seven or eight rushing and 5,000 yards. And so I would pay him all of the money to be my quarterback. But that's why I've moved Burrow ahead of him. But you get those two QBs. I'm just a, I'm a mark for quarterbacks in the same game who are exceptional. People pretend like they play head-to-head against each other and it's dumb. <laughs> I just want to watch Allen on the field. And when he's not on the field, Burrow on the field. That's number one for me. Those ga- That game before you know, we all know what happened was on its way to being awesome the first time. These two teams have been on a collision course. You knew they were going to match up, and the winner would be in a great position to be the AFC champion. This, to me, is an outstanding matchup. Cincinnati, after their early struggles, remember, game one of the season, uh, a a third of his interception totals for the year. Joe Burrow was awful against Pittsburgh. Since then, he's been a damn juggernaut. And Cincinnati's playing really good football. Buffalo's excellent. That's my game. Number Number two? Number two for me is, begrudgingly, Dallas and San Francisco. I hate Dallas so much. I'm so annoyed that they're here again. I'm kind of tired of this uh, same rivalry. It's the same thing from when I was a kid. But San Francisco is such a juggernaut. I'm hoping that they beat the brakes off of the Cowboys. What's your two? I think my second best game is going to be Giants-Eagles. Mm. I could be wrong. Philly might look a lot better and just turn the clocks back to like week five than I'm expecting. I actually think Philly can be had. They'll beat the Giants, but I think it's going to be in a three- or a four-point game. I like the Giants plus seven and a half going into this game. Brian Dable is a star, and people are finding it out this year. I mean, this guy is a savant. He really turned himself around going back to college, being at Alabama, calling plays for them, goes to Buffalo, works with Allen. I think that's going to be a great game. I've got that narrowly over Cowboys 49ers, which I also think is going to be really, really good. I'm not pulling for Dallas, but I'm about to annoy you with what I'm going to say. So just be prepared. Here we go. You're going to pretend like I'm saying I want the Cowboys to win. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But prepare yourself to be salty. Are you ready? Yeah. I do get a little bit of joy out Mm. of seeing Mike McCarthy succeed Mm. because everyone pretends like he's such a boob. Like People think Mike McCarthy is a clown. And really... If, if I've learned anything about myself with some introspection in the last couple of years, it's that, well, I don't consider myself a contrarian. I get annoyed when there's like a group think about someone just because Twitter said so. 
Mike McCarthy is not a terrible coach. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl champion, largely because he did coach Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But somewhere along the way, everyone just decided that this guy is a big boob. I don't know if it's because he, you know, he's a chunky guy who's just a goofball. and I, I don't know. But people act like he should be coaching in the XFL. I've never really gotten it. I want San Francisco to win. So I'll, re- I'll reiterate, I go 49ers. <laughs> I don't want the Cowboys to win. But I, I do like how everyone going into their matchup with Tampa Bay was like, I just can't trust Mike McCarthy-led Cowboy, blah, 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 and then they just have a great game, and you never hear a word about McCarthy, nor should you, but the talk before the game I thought was foolish. So that's where I'm at on that. Well, number three game is actually Jacksonville, Kansas City. This Jaguar story is fun. They were the worst team. They were a disgrace last year, and they've won seven of eight down the stretch. Only loss was against uh, the Detroit Lions. They have been awesome. They were the biggest joke in the league last year. A joke? They were they were everybody's punchline, and here they are. Nobody Each week, everyone bets against them, thinks they can't win, thinks they can't do it, and they dig a 20-point hole or 27-point hole, in the case of the Chargers game, and come back. I, I also just like watching Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid do things. If they win, they're in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. And so, therefore, my number four game, uh, the reason I won't be able to enjoy this at all is because there's no excuse that Washington shouldn't be right with these teams. Philadelphia rebuilt correctly. It's an insult that we can't do it, and we haven't done it in 30 years. And the Giants can't start their rebuild yet because Brian Dable's too good. And we've got Ron Rivera who's going to hire a retread to be the OC. Speaking of the OC situation, oh, thank you. at 3 o'clock in 20 minutes, Ken Zampezi, the quarterback's coach under Scott Turner here over the last couple of years, is interviewing today for the OC job, trying to get a promotion on the staff. What do we make of that? We'll discuss that at 3 o'clock. More of your thoughts on playoff division round football Coming up next, but want to get into Bradley Beal's return tonight in New York. What might we see out of Beal and the Capitals losing on home ice as we recap the Wiz and the Caps little State of the Union for those teams next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Kyle Kuzma after the Wizards' last game, a loss to the Warriors at home. You wouldn't have known they were at home. Did you see any of the videos from that game in the crowd? I, I watched it, yeah. I, I, 
it's probably like this everywhere the Warriors go. And the NBA in general, I think it needs to be noted, is less, it seems like, from a fandom standpoint about teams anymore and more about yeah, players. They, they marketed stars to get themselves, you know, in that number two spot behind the NFL. They, you know, guys have a face. You can see them for 40 minutes a night, whereas the NFL, their helmets are covering everything and they're all in pads and they looked at. You could tell who's who, what shoes they're wearing, everything else. You see facial expressions, and and you can hear some of the talking. My son, who doesn't care at all about sports, said, "Hey, are the are the Warriors playing? Wanted to come in and watch with me, right? On on MLK Day, it's you a know? real thing. Yeah, one twenty seven, one eighteen, Golden State win over the Wiz in that game, despite the fact that they got thirty two from Chris Stops and uh, Kuzma had sixteen, eleven, and five in his forty minutes. But I saw a tweet from Sam Decker where he basically said. Somebody was commenting on how many Warriors fans were there. And Sam Decker was married to Kevin Harlan's daughter, by the way. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep. Yep. Uh, he said, this was the case when I played for the Wizards. Like, every single night, it, it makes it really hard or something. And I'm sure a lot of fans will say, Sam Decker can kick rocks. Who's Sam Decker? No, he's right. But there is something to that where if the environment for your home games is annoying, frustrating, not great, it just probably doesn't help the cause. That's all. Yeah. Anytime somebody comes in. Boston, New York, Brooklyn, Miami, you know, one of these like, these like teams that have had their runs or popular or whatever. It's the stadium's overrun. I mean, it just is. It's what happens. You don't get that for you know, Oklahoma City as much, probably, or like Minnesota when they're in town. But yeah, especially here on the East Coast, there's plenty of people, A, that are from that place, and B, they've ne- they haven't been good my entire life. Doesn't this happen in the NBA in all the arenas of bad teams? Or no? Uh, I mean, this this is the perfect storm. So again, I keep I keep picking That's on true. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City doesn't have fans from like Portland there. You know what I mean? Maybe there's like one or two guys, but for the most part, like they're fans of the That's Thunder. That's true. I mean, the, the fact that we're in DC is a factor. But right mm-hmm. now, if you go to a Hornets game in Charlotte, yes, I would guarantee there's seventy percent Warriors fans. Yeah, they're Heat fans. They're Warriors fans. If you go to a Pistons game in Detroit, they're twelve and thirty five. You mean to tell me in Detroit? I know it's a different town where there's not a lot of people that aren't from there, but I definitely think there's a ton of fans from that are there just to see Steph or or that have a, yes, you know, a Luca jersey on just because they like totally. Luca. I think that's a thing. Uh, Shams Charania of the Athletic tweeted this out within the last half hour. The Wizards have started trade talks centered around Rui Hachimura, potentially clearing a logjam at forward, according to him and the Wizards beat reporter here locally, Josh Robbins. They're going to have to make a couple moves at the deadline, and it is time to start unloading a couple of these draft picks in the lottery in that 8 to 12 range where they draft just about every single year. Yep. And it sounds like the first name coming out that they're going to have in their talks is putting Rui on the block. They haven't figured out what to do with him yet or what he is. He's been this, which is not bad. There's nothing wrong with Rui. And he's not a bad right? player. Even, I would say, once every two weeks has an unbelievable game. Yeah. like the, I, Is that about right? Once every two weeks? He does a thing where you're just like, he's got 27 points and he's only missed one shot. Like, How is this happening? His, his, you know, he'll get baskets in transition. He's got a nice little diversified offensive game, can can excel in the mid-range. He's the perfect scorer off the bench on a good team. Doesn't it feel like he will score 19 points in a finals game this year? I mean, you can't you yeah. see that? Like, of course. He'll go somewhere and we're going to be watching in it. Everyone's going to be mad, and no one should be, by no, the way. he'll be in the Western Conference Finals, <laughs> right. coming off the bench, beating up a second-unit guy, getting getting 20. 100%. I can just see it. Breen's like, Hachimura, 
bang, yes, bang, <laughs> whatever it is, right? And it's it's just a big bucket from Rui to to put them over. So this is a good start, and because I'm all for not paying him a you know a big extension and kind of making him a core player. He that's not who you should be building around. I mean, they they've kind of had to make these determinations. I think they need to make some more hard choices here coming up. Speaking of hard choices, Caps have had a tough time with their lines yeah. since Backstrom and Wilson came back. An injury to Nick Dowd, who's going to join us on the Beltway Blitz. We'll find out what's going on with him. Kind of made things a little bit easier in terms of putting the lines together last night. But Manta sat again. They, they've been without Eller, who came back. You know, every night, someone else is, is getting scratched. And they just haven't quite been the same. couple of wins and now three losses without uh, since getting their, their big pieces back. Just without some of the same energy. 4-2 loss at the hands of the Wild at home last night. We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to The Fan. Next, Ken Zampezi is interviewing for the OC job in Washington. How would you feel about one of Scott Turner's assistants getting Scott Turner's job after they blew him out because the offense wasn't good enough? We're Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.